there was a okay so there was one for one song we had to like go from the from the like i guess dressing room area we walked straight to the bottom underneath the stage and we had on these these little platforms that we had to kind of hide underneath because they had uh, platforms that going to rise us up and then we were going to just jump off start dancing whatever go crazy and when you're down there the music is so incredibly loud <laughs> you're just like waiting and in that moment i just remember thinking to myself this is real life like, this is me. and i'm looking around and literally like i remember one guy was like throwing up he was oh, freaking out you know what i mean because we all like a lot of us had never done something like that scale before welcome back to two for eyes podcast where we document the rise and start of winnipeg's talent and personalities Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to us or watching us, whether you're on YouTube or any other streaming platforms, be sure to hit the follow button and enjoy this episode. It's going to be a lit one today. We got a special guest. He is a Winnipeg dancer who's traveled the world with his craft. He's also a teacher and a choreographer, and more importantly, a rising talent in Winnipeg. Please welcome Shaquille Lawrence. Uh, relax the main man the main yeah, audio is going crazy man <laughs> whatever <laughs> thanks so much for having me, you guys i really appreciate it yeah no worries um, i know i gave you a introduction to our audience but why don't you introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do let's see um well my name's shaquille um not a lot of people call me shaquille most people call me shaq um mm-hmm. i got a million different nicknames shaq daddy shaq the ripper shaqaroni and cheese you name uh-huh. it i thought of it um you know i'm basically like super famous so like whatever no i'm just kidding no, i'm chilling I'm, uh, <laughs> no no um yeah like you said i'm a dancer choreographer um born and raised here in winnipeg manitoba uh, i've been blessed to travel a lot for dance so um that has been amazing obviously pre-covid but hopefully things slow down so i could you know pick up where i left off but uh yeah it's been a great time until now what kind of places have you been to uh, I've been to most most of it's been in North America. So I've been New York, New Jersey, Toronto, Vancouver, Hawaii, um, Vegas, Arizona, LA, a lot of yeah. like capital cities, basically. So you you said you did it for dance. So let's let's get into your like dance journey. So when did you start dancing, and how did that all come about? Uh, I started dancing when I was sixteen. <clears throat> um, I have a twin sister and she has been dancing long before I started. She was eight years old or something like that. She had a crew called No Silence. um, And they were always super inspiring to me because I didn't understand a lot of things when it came to dance, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. watching them, watching people like Michael Jackson, you know, Usher and music videos and stuff was super inspiring to me. Like that, you know, you've you've seen these things before. You know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Um, So, in high school, at one point, I had heard that um, they're like, hey, you know, they're starting a dance team. Like, are you auditioning? I, I'd never danced. You know? <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. Like, maybe I will. So I went home. I looked on YouTube. I was like, how to do the robot. I like memorized as many moves as I could, went to the audition and uh, made it. So hey. <laughs> their mistake, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I started. So, so what kind of what's your prefer- preferred dance style? Like, are you all over the place with like hip hop, lock pop, whatever you call it? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, okay. 
favorite. It all depends on what I'm doing, really, because I started um, uh, as a popper, mainly. You know what I mean? Like, I would just do the robot 24-7, you know what I mean? And that was just, like, all throughout high school, that was my main thing. Um, then, like, in that team, I would never provide any choreography that wasn't of that nature, you know? So after high school, I started to branch out. I picked up locking. Um, then I moved on to like breaking and, you know, I'm a competitive, I'm a hyper competitive person. So I would battle. And if anytime I would lose in a battle, um, if it was up to a particular style, like, let's say I'm a popper and I'm going up against someone and DJ plays dance hall. If I lose to that style, I'm going to go home and I'm going to learn dance hall. You know what I mean? And I'm going to come back. So it doesn't happen twice. Hey. That was kind of my approach. So I ended up picking up a bunch of different styles through that competitive nature i guess but uh, if you're asking for my favorite honestly right now when i freestyle i kind of uh gravitate gravitate sorry to locking um and choreography wise i just do you know they used to call it urban choreography but now it's just choreography which is like kind of a combination of a bunch of different styles um, and i just pull elements from everything i've learned man you still do the robot all the time though do I still do a robot? Uh, only when I need to. <laughs> Mostly in battles, <laughs> honestly. Um, or like, let's see, if somebody hands me their shades, you know, <laughs> kids around, you know. <laughs> what, what, what are these battles like? Are these like the movies that we see? Like Footloose and Step Up and everything like that? Are these battles, because I've never been to a dance battle, like personally, oh. but so explain to us what the dance battles look like. Dance battles, honestly, for the most part, yeah, it looks like what you see in the movie. <laughs> I mean, you see like the, you know, I don't want to call them rundown spots. Like there's a place, I don't know maybe if anybody's heard of it or anybody listening has heard of it. There's a place called Graffiti Gallery. Um, it's just on uh, Higgins. I know not the greatest neighborhood, but um, you like enter through this door on the side and you kind of go down this little ramp and it opens up to this big area where there's a dance floor, a DJ booth, et cetera. And it just, it's a pretty dope environment. If you haven't been, um, by the way, graffiti art, yeah, graffiti art gallery does a lot of like uh, community stuff that is great for, you know, like inner city and at-risk youth, if anybody hasn't heard of them before. But anyways, there's battles there. There was battles at like Sisler High School back in the day. They haven't really done that since. There's been battles at like the Forks, um, Nuit Blanche even. Um, yeah, it's kind of been all over the city. Uh, even Steinbeck actually has an annual event um, called Heat the Streets. Um, so a bunch of the dancers from the city will go over there. Um, right before the pandemic hit, right before we went into lockdown, there was an event called um, Who's the Illest? It's hosted by Jeannie Buffo. Um, and in that one, we actually had Manitoba versus, I think it was Saskatchewan. So they took like, I guess, uh, maybe, don't quote me on this, I think it was eight of their dancers. And then we just like nice. battled for eight spots here. And then yeah. we battled with each other, had a little tournament. It was pretty cool. Damn. I mean, I won it, but like, who's counting? <laughs> hey, he, he's the goat, right? He's the goat of dancing. <laughs> so, is this is this more of like uh, like the battles more for clout? Like, we're better than you. Like, this is our territory. Like, Manitoba better than Saskatchewan, or is it just more of like a perfecting your craft and competing around the world for you? Depends on who you ask, because there is a cash prize. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the times too, it's more than just money. You'll get like little packages. I shouldn't say little, but at one point I'd gotten like a, a crate and I had like 
a big skateboard, a bunch of art on it, a bunch of like mugs with a bunch of art on them and like on top of the cash and stuff. And it all depends on the event. But for the most part, I don't think there's been a battle where there hasn't been a cash prize. You know, So if you're looking for some extra cash, it's a fun way to kind of bet on yourself and gamble, you know? Yeah. But yeah. So what got you like started in competition? I know you, you touched on the topic that your uh, sister, twin sister used to dance, right? And that's where you got the inspiration for. But yeah. what, what made that switch and was like, okay, I'm going to take this. I know you started off in your high school, right? Um, and just did it as a random, like you just went and auditioned. But what was that inspiration for you, right? That took you from like daily, like average amateur to somewhat professional now? I... You know, okay, so prior to me actually dancing, um, I just like played sports heavily, you know what I mean? Um, I love video games. So anything where there's a winner and a loser, like I'm there, you know what I mean? Uh, so if I do something and I find that I'm like kind of, you know, gravitating towards it um, pretty easily, and then I'm going to just, like I get addicted to that feeling of improvement in that area, you know what I mean? So kind of like, people who start a uh like a new workout routine you know what i mean you start working out you start seeing results you're like hot boy summer 2020 you know what i mean (laughs) so that those those results become addictive so that was me with dance anytime i started to see improvements i was like oh man okay now i gotta get this down i gotta get that down you know what i mean i just want to be the best that used to be my overall goal is i want to be the best dancer in the world um whether or not that's realistic obviously you know didn't really matter at the time but um, it's been, it's helped me progress, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's, that's kind of where it came from. I think I just naturally felt like, I'm like, this feels good to progress. I want to be the best at this. And then let's just devote our life to it and see what happens. You know what I mean? So, so when you started, what kind what was the support that you received? Like you, you were 16, right? So was at 16, did you know that this was going to be your life long thing that you're going to devote yourself to? Or was there something else in mind as well that you eventually transitioned? It's gonna sound a little crazy, but I actually had Olympic dreams prior to dance. So okay. in high school, I thought that was where my life was going. I thought I'm like, I'm gonna go to the Olympic trials, 2018 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get a scholarship for track and field. I'm going to the Olympics. That'll be my life. I'm gonna be, yeah. any, um, but then, you know, injury after injury, sure. um, it kind of takes a toll on you mentally, you know? So. Um, after that, I had just kind of been like, you know what? In the seventh grade, I had made this list. It was a bucket list. I'm like, a list of things I want to do before I die. One of those things, I wanted to save a life. So I thought to myself, let me become a, a firefighter. And then hopefully I can save a life through that. Yeah. You got to do like paramedics before you do fire. So I started that. Um, and then in doing so, I realized I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. What happens when I save life? I'm, I'm going to be done with this job, and this is a lot to commit. So was, I made in the seventh grade. So finished the paramedic portion, didn't go back for fire, and then I decided, I'm like, you know what? If I only get one shot at life, you know what I mean? If I only get one run at this, I'm going all in on this one thing that I currently am in love with, and that was dance at the time, you know, and still is. So if you're your safest bet, I'm like, if I got all this time to invest all this money, let's say I got a hundred grand and I got like, my parents are like, invest in stocks. I'm like, okay, well, let's just call in, you know, I'll be rest off Tesla. <laughs> I'm Tesla in that scenario, you know what I mean? In my head. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm where I'm coming from with this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and so. And I'm sure, like, convincing definitely like even your family right like saying like i'm taking dance for the rest of my life like that's gonna be my income that's gonna put food on the table for me right i'm sure like definitely like there's parents out there they're like very strict on get a job get an education and that's how you live your life right so was that ever an issue like just convincing your parents like hey this is what i love to do and somehow i'm gonna make this work definitely um you know when i dropped out of the fire academy they were not pleased. My parents love them. They are fantastic parents. But that decision doesn't make them happy, you know. Um, I have a grandma who lives in Atlanta, and she's pretty old school, too, you know. So um, when I told her over the phone, she laughed. You know, she, when I told her that I wanted to dance, you know. Yeah. Uh, my mom begged me to go back to school. Um, <clears throat> you know, my dad was, you know, old school. You know, dads are just going to be like, why are you dancing when well, you could be lifting weights or getting a real job? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's kind of how it is. But I think once they started to see, you know, certain accolades and results, it's, they started to come around. You know what I mean? I think realistically where they're coming from is parents, they just want to see that their kid is okay. You know? right. And the formula that I had kind of approached life with wasn't what they're used to seeing. So they didn't know what the results were going to be. So I think that's where they were coming from. So at first they were a little apprehensive and now they're more accepting, definitely. But if you ask them, if you ask them like what they'd rather I be doing, they would probably tell you something else. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely important to like have that faith in yourself and be able to like stand behind like your decisions if that's something that you are really passionate about. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and so going back to your accolades what are those exactly or like what what have you accomplished like your biggest moments biggest moments <clears throat> i had um okay so i had won a series of battles and this was big for me because in the beginning um i was not winning i would be out of every battle first round the first i want to say four or five years of me battling um and then now I just, and then all of a sudden I won one battle, won another battle, and then I went two years straight um, without ever losing. And that was literally right before the pandemic happened. You know what I mean? So, you know, my kill streak is pretty high. You know, I just <laughs> drop a nuke. <laughs> Whatever. No. Um, light work, light work. <laughs> I don't mean to, okay, I don't mean to brag. For those who don't know me, I, I'm just kidding. The streak yeah. is but like my attitude is not um now for me that is big though um another thing i got to uh if you guys are you guys familiar with k-pop at all yeah you guys yeah. know the bts yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. i got to, i got the opportunity to dance with them for a few shows um, hey. in 2019 um in new york and new jersey so okay. that's really cool um i didn't know who they were prior to and then <laughs> i did my research going in and i was like yeah, that's, my, that's my man made it we made it <laughs> like i'm doing the tech rehearsal I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is really a stadium and it's sold out <laughs> um so i think that was definitely the biggest thing for me teaching as well in la and in hawaii were also big things 
I had some other things lined up too, but unfortunately, you know, the pandemic hit. So like that kind of put a nail in those plans, you know, but those to me are the biggest things as of right now. We interrupt this episode to bring you today's sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online community with thousands of classes in design, business, tech, and more. Anyone can join the millions of members in the community to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and discover new opportunities. If you'd like to support the show and are interested in Skillshare, we have a deal for you. For a limited time, click the link in our social media description to get your 14-day free trial on us. It's quick, it's easy, and you can cancel at any time. Go to our link in our description to receive your 14-day free trial on us. Now back to the episode. And, and you... <laughs> I mean, you you achieve them too. So I, I, a lot of people look at dance as a sport and it is a sport, right? So did you have to put in your hours just like any other sport into getting better? Like within those two years or those couple of years that you weren't winning, how did you transfer from not winning to, okay, now I'm actually good at this and now I can actually go. Was it like a daily grind? Were you practicing every day? What was that uh, practice like? Definitely every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that, like, I've never been a type to, like, be like, okay, from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. practice. Like, for me, it was more so, you know how kids are. You always got your headphones in, you know what I mean? So what I would do is do a lot of, like, small things throughout the day that'll help me practice certain elements. So, for example, going back to the robot, I wanted to be able to really do lifelike things with, you know, the utmost amount of control. So what I would do is I would take menial tasks. I'm like about to brush my teeth or pick up like a pencil or something. I'm like, okay, how can I do this as robotically as possible? I took a few minutes and just, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's what a lot of my practices look like for that. Okay. There was also decent sessions. Like a lot of other dancers, freestylers in the city will get together and just practice different elements, bounce ideas off each other. And I had people also help me. You know what I mean? I I won't say that I did everything on my own. Mm-hmm. I had some people give me a lot of advice. So if anybody's practicing on their own, don't think you can do it by yourself. 100% of the way, you will progress a lot faster with other people. And I mean, you, you've gotten the chance to now go to stadiums that are sold out, right? And teach people in LA and Hawaii. So what was that like for you, just getting that chance to uh, admire those opportunities and, you know, like live it for life? Like, I bet you going into a sold out stadium is it's definitely hard. <laughs> I know I would get nervous, but what was that like for you? Uh, you know what? <laughs> it was one of those things where I think it's just so big that your your brain can't really fathom what's going on, you know, because I had um, looked them up, you know, and there was articles saying that they're the biggest thing since the Beatles, you know, um, all these different things. I'd heard that it was sold out. And then I'm seeing everybody like come into the stadium because we had like the, you know, the box seats or whatever yeah. at the top of the stadium. Yeah. Down. I could yes. see it filling up and I'm just like, man, like normally I'd be, you know, I feel my heart racing, you know what I mean? Or whatever, but it's like, my brain doesn't even know what's going on, you know? So <laughs> I didn't feel nervous in those moments, you know? But I was very excited. There was a, uh, Okay, so there was one, for one song, we had to, like, go from the, from the, like, I guess, dressing room area, we walked straight to the bottom underneath the stage, and we had on these, these little platforms that we had to kind of hide underneath, because they had uh, platforms that were going to rise us up, and then we were going to just jump off, start dancing, whatever, go crazy. 
And when you're down there, the music is so incredibly loud. <laughs> you're just like waiting. And in that moment, I just remember thinking to myself, like, is this real life? Like, this is me. And I'm looking around and literally like, I remember one guy was like throwing up, freaking out, you know what I mean? Because we all, like a lot of us had never done something of that scale before, you know? But <laughs> in just, I guess, adrenaline coming in, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, you know, music, you start to rise up and it's time, it's go time. All of a sudden, just, yeah. you don't hear the audience no more. You just, it's silence. You just, all you hear is your breathing. You know what I mean? You're like, okay. And it's like everything's moving in slow motion. You know, you're going through the steps, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is honestly like anybody who's just listening to this, not going to know what I'm talking about, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is honestly so unreal. I can't describe it to you. But if you've played sports and you know, like those moments where it's like really, it's clutch time, like you know what I'm talking about, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Last game winners, game winners. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? So that's, that's really what it was like in that moment. That's all I think about whenever I think back to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so which stadiums were, was this at? This is in New York, New Jersey. MetLife Stadium. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so the MetLife Stadium capacity is eighty-two thousand five hundred people. That's right. So, jeez, oh. man, you were. That's a lot of people. It was a lot. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't have the. Oh, I upgraded my phone. I don't remember the other one, but. Um, Wow, that's insane, man. In doing this, though, like, you would see, even before, um, like, the show started, people could buy tickets, I guess, to watch the tech rehearsal or listen to it. I don't know what they were doing, but there's a lot of people lined up even the night before. So when we were rehearsing, people are like, you know, outside the stadium trying to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and when the show started, like, I didn't realize that fans could be this hysterical. But before, as I'm walking to the stage, I'm seeing paramedics like roll girls by their hyperventilating. <laughs> oh no. And it's like multiple people from multiple shows. I'm like, whoa, like it was pandemonium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. How, how I'm, did, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're you're good, you're good. How, how did you end up landing the gig? Because that's a huge, that's a huge moment. So was there auditions to that or did, was there opportunity that presented itself or how, how did you get that? I actually didn't audition for that. That one was one of those things where it was like a full circle moment. Mm -hmm. um, over my you know years of traveling and dancing, I would network as much as I could, you know, just kind of put your name out there, get to know people, et cetera, because you never know who knows who. And then that ended up being a thing where Somebody I had met in New York was also in Toronto. I ended up dancing with her a few times, but she was also an event coordinator. Okay. BTS was going on tour and they would contact different event coordinators, I guess, to work together to get the dancers together for their shows. So the one from their event coordinator, I guess, or however it works, contacted so-and-so from LA, so-and-so contacted New York. The mm -hmm. person contacted me and I was like, I don't know anything about K-pop or who they are, but I'm down. You know, I, I can't say too much, you know, but like, how much am I getting paid? You know? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, see you there. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yes. And as for the video clips, you would ask, I, asked, I, asked, I, asked, I, asked, I asked. Uh -huh. Um, I wasn't allowed to record anything. So oh, I, okay. 
couldn't even pull my phone out. Um, rehearsals couldn't even be recorded. So that was like kind of stressful. But oh, okay. There were clips of me from fans um, at the actual show mm-hmm. that I had saved on like my Instagram and stuff. So sure. Uh, you can look through those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll take a look. Yeah. That was just like K-pop's thing. Like they, they didn't want anybody were like recording it or I had signed a an NDA. NDA. Okay, makes sense. So you don't I, want to... I guess it was like you know, I don't even know if it was like the choreography. Couldn't tell you, honestly. I just Leave I'm gonna get the bread, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So so with these apps like now tiktok and instagram reels and all that stuff right how easy or how hard is it made to reach those kind of people right like and get those opportunities because with tiktok you can post one dance bio or like video and you could be the next charlie d'amelio right like (laughs) yeah um you know i don't i don't know if it's necessarily easier i would say there's a lot of different avenues that are now made easier because of tiktok um if you want things like brand deals, you want things like even exposure overall, like you're TikTok has just made it a lot more accessible for a lot more people, you know? Um, but I think the thing with TikTok is just like that might piss people off is you have a certain group of dancers that were here prior to TikTok that were grinding, you know what I mean? And this is where, you know, a lot of frustration lies is that you were told these rules of the game, you know what I mean? And you've been following them for years, you know? And you've, you know, started to see successes over the years and you're like, okay, now it's starting to build up. Now you're starting to get a little momentum. And all of a sudden the rules change, you know? Um, now it's like, there's a fast track to everything you've already accomplished in years, we can do it overnight, you know what I mean? So I think there is definitely some frustration in that, but I think it's one of those things you just gotta adapt, you know? So. Did I try out TikTok? Yeah, I tried out TikTok. I didn't think it was for me, you know, so I kind of like stick to Instagram and my own platforms. Um, but TikTok is definitely a, a resource that I think is definitely valuable. I don't, I won't discredit anybody who's found success via TikTok. Mm-hmm. So like if anybody who's trying to become a dancer now, right like if somebody is in high school or take one of us for example let's say we're really into uh dance right and we want to we want to pursue it because I, I used to be a dancer as well uh, oh, really? that, yeah when i was seven years old i did hip-hop i did the whole you know <laughs> oh, <man. Okay. laughs> but anyway so if somebody is trying to do the whole dance route like has a dream of being a dancer what do you what would you say the best route is go to a studio start your own platform do both what is what would the roadmap look like honestly i i wouldn't say i wouldn't say there's really a wrong way to start honestly because there's so many different avenues you could use if you choose to go the studio route you can do it but there are plenty of successful dancers that never went to a studio Mm -hmm. never like went to an official competitive studio you could take drop-in classes until you're till you level up you know what i mean you get just meet up with friends and then just get advice from people you look up to and grow that way. There's a lot of different platforms and options, resources available for you, especially online in 2021. So there's no wrong way to do it. I think it's just going to be a huge amount of, you know, patience is going to be needed and um, you're going to actually have to 
work for it. You know what I mean? It's, this is one of those things where you can't really fake very much. Like anybody who knows anything about what you're doing is going to know that you haven't practiced much or you don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, uh, I would say there's no wrong way. Go ahead. You know, if, even if you want to start later, there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, am I too old to start hip hop or start dancing? There's no age limit. Um, there, you know, the older you are, obviously the game can be a bit cruel. Sometimes, you know, opportunities might not come as frequently. If you are older, I'm realizing that there are some things that people are reaching out to younger people for, but that's not, that doesn't mean that nobody has room to eat. You know what I mean? Everybody, there's opportunity for everyone. So what made you want to get into the teaching side of things, right? Like I, I know you're a teacher now in choreography and leading a team. Mm. So what made you switch from maybe dancing as like a professional and teaching your craft to other people? I have always, it was actually kind of two things. Like one, I wanted to travel a lot. Yeah. Uh, and two, I just love, you know, going back to the whole viewing your progress and being addicted to it. That was kind of my approach. So I would be like, man, I, I really feel like I've improved. I like what I came up with. I really feel like this, um, I, I want to share this with people. So that was kind of why I wanted to travel. Not only did I get to experience different places, cultures, whatever, I could also share my craft and you know, and get to enjoy that energy with different people. And now I'm at a place too where I also love to see people grow because of something that I told them or or helped them do or understand, you know? So it, it was the two main things before and now it's kind of like, you know, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm actually getting a bit more out of this. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Now, does that go back to your uh, wish list or sorry, your bucket list that you made at seven? <laughs> When I said you wanted to save a life, like has that has that happened? Like is that has it been a part of the teaching process? You know, nobody's come to me and been like, oh man, Shaq, you know, because of your class, I like didn't, you know, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? Like (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't had that moment, you know. But if somebody did, like if or if that's already happened and you're listening to this podcast, hey, let me know. I'd love to hear it. But I think it kind of does. Either way, you know, because I've, I have had people tell me, oh, that was the best class of my life. Like, you know, this is the best experience I've ever had. Like, I have had that before and that feels amazing. So um, I think that's probably the closest thing. But yeah, you know what? Honestly, and if you ask me what else is on that bucket list, there's a lot of ridiculous things. Like, I wanted to do, I, I, I wanted to do like the running of the bulls in Mexico. You know, they like, oh, I want to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I want to go skydiving, but I'm afraid to get in the CN Tower. You know, like, well, <laughs> so I don't know. This was a little crazy, but that was the most reasonable one. Sip life. You you mentioned you mentioned the pandemic and how it like affected not only you and I'm sure like it affected a lot of people all around the board. So for the specifically like the dance community in like Winnipeg or around the world, I know like you not not being able to meet in person was a big thing. But how is that? How's the pandemic been for you and adapting to that kind of wave? It was definitely one of those things where I won't say it was easy, you know. <clears throat> I was, uh, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer of, you know, I think I've been seeing some posts or whatever about like toxic positivity, 
you know, and it's not being like, oh, just look on the bright side all the time. I've always been able to acknowledge that this situation sucks, you know what I mean? But I try my best to be solution oriented. It's not perfect 100% of the time. I was down at the beginning, you know, because I was supposed to be gone for like two to three months, um, starting uh, March, like, 12th or something like that but we went into lockdown on the 15th yeah i was supposed to go to like korea singapore japan like i was gonna be out of here you know i would have been lost in those countries you know what i mean if i left so at in the initial stages i was really really down i was really like you know feeling as though this is time that was being taken from me you know what i mean because like I said, you can dance whenever, but the opportunities that you get as you are getting older are probably going to be a bit more scarce, you know, until I see something, you know, that kind of changes my perspective on that. That's kind of where, how I viewed things, right? So I'm like, man, like, I don't have time to be wasting sitting here, you know? Um, so that was kind of like tough to kind of come to grips with, but then eventually, as I started to get used to being in town regularly, <laughs> um, you start to pivot, you know? You're like, okay, well, what can I do while I'm here? So then you start to put out content as much as you can, use what you have here, what you've learned. Um, and there have been things that I've accomplished now since being here. Like, I think the quality and general uh, atmosphere on the team and like, you know, just in my overall headspace, I guess, are things I couldn't have cultivated if I didn't, if I wasn't forced to sit down, you know what I mean? So I, I would say there has definitely been some, some positives to me being around now because of the pandemic, you know? But would you, if you ask me if I'd rather, you know, be jet set, <laughs> jet set, bring me yeah. out of here. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So for what reason were you going to, uh, like Singapore and Korea for? I was supposed like, to. What were you gonna? I was actually yeah. supposed to, uh, there was a dance camp called Arena. Um, and it's like a two week dance camp in Singapore. Uh, they host one in LA, but it's not as long. I think it's one week. But I was supposed to do the dance camp and then teach in Singapore. Um, so the plan was to go to Japan because my girlfriend and I always have dreamed of going to Japan and then we'd go to Korea because it's on the way and then fly down to Singapore and then come home. Um, so Singapore was the main thing and I was hoping to set up opportunity elsewhere if possible, but I'll never know. Or we, maybe it'll come back later, but you know. Everything so, happens for a reason, right? Everything happens for a reason. That's all I want to tell myself. <laughs> so I can cry my tears at night, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever makes us at night, right? <laughs> that's, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Looking, looking through your Instagram, you mentioned in your bio, it says something like chaos, or uh, you were part of the show for 2020, I believe. Talk oh, about what that is. And chaos is a, uh, it's a dance like convention. Um, and they have this thing called chaos crew and then chaos uh, cast. So chaos crew, um, it's like, from my understanding, you get to, you get the opportunity to audition, to be a part of their, like, they have like a year-end show in LA. Okay. Um, and it's only the people who are casted that get to be um, a part of that show. So when you get the, when you get casted, you also get the rest of their tour for free. 
So I was like, oh, from my head at this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of nice. Let me just see what's going on. So I go through it, you know, I make the crew and then I get casted. And the show was supposed to be in LA. Um, and then senior pandemic. Uh, yeah, struck again. But I think they said something about like, if you were casted for 2020 to 2021, you it would carry over. So, so okay. I think I, I think we're chilling on that one. So I just kind of put in the bio, like soft flex. Perfect. <laughs> you got to take the advantages, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You're gonna give me something for free. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Say no more. <laughs> Say less. You see what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> so we just doing some research on you. There's uh, I came up on something said uh, Iki guy, um, and is that is that your dance academy? Um, is that where you teach at? That is my team's name, actually. Yeah, okay. um, so I'm just gonna pull up the definition here, so I don't uh, butcher it. <laughs> um, I watch a lot of anime. Um, I'm one of those people that you know you watch so much anime, you start thinking speak Japanese. So, <laughs> like, oh, I could probably watch this without subtitles. <laughs> uh, so I've been a, a big fan of at different aspects of Japanese culture. I wouldn't say 100%, you know, um, but this was a concept that was, uh, I guess, that I had, uh, heard about in, earlier in 2020. And so I was like, oh, that'd be like kind of cool if I like named a whole team after it, you know? So Ikigai is a Japanese concept referring to having a direction or purpose in life. Um, providing a sense of fulfillment and towards uh, which the person may take actions, giving, sorry, giving them satisfaction and a sense of meaning. So basically it is your reason for being. Um, and for me, that was dance, you know? So actually the team used to be called Wolves and I have a friend of mine on it. His name is Mikey Harris. You might've heard of him before. Mm -hmm. He's received a lot of successes lately too. And, yeah. I asked him if he wanted to be, you know, the co-director of this team, you know, um, and I told him the name, I told him like my reasoning behind it. And both of us are very passionate about dance. So I felt like it was only fitting that we named this team after this passion project, you know, so essentially what we're wanting it to be is not just dancers. We want to have it. The reason why it's called a collective is because we want to have like eventually a videographer who is like part of the collective. We have graphic designers, we have, you know whatever else we need to be a part of our brand you know so this competitive team but think of it more as a brand you know and how, how do you how you go about finding not only like team members for your brand but also like team for your dance teams like do, do you do people audition for you or do you just see something in people or just how, how do you find people uh, we used to not actually and we don't even really do it now um hold auditions we had one in april but mm -hmm. the reason why we did was because typically what I would do is if I see some potential in somebody, Winnipeg is a small place, you know? So if you see somebody who's a good dancer, chances are they're already on a team or already have their eyes set on a team. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of the times, if there was anybody who hit me up and like, hey, you know, I, I'd like to join you guys, we'd put them on a probationary period. So give them like two months just to see how they kind of acclimate to the team. And vice versa, if they're having a good time, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and if they're also kind of, you can kind of gauge their skill level a lot better rather than like waiting, just watching them for an hour and being like, are you good or not? You know? Yeah. 
because some people crack under pressure in, a, in a, yeah. an audition space. But the thing is, we had gotten a lot of people inquiring about if they could join. So me being one person, I'm like, okay, I'm not about to keep track of like 14 different people from starting at different times for two months each, you know what I mean? So I was like, let me just hold an audition. <laughs> um, so that's kind of, how we did it. Luckily, you know what? I, I feel blessed. Like we, we had a really good turnout at our audition, you know? So uh, that's kind of how we do it now, usually. So, so what does the future look like for Ikigai and what's your plan with taking this brand across the world? The Ikigai, I wanted to serve, I want to, Sorry, I shouldn't say I. We want it to, um, we want to build it so that it becomes a platform. Uh, initially, it was from Mikey and myself to, to uh, attribute our names to. So if you hear a dancer, like let's say, um, you might not know them, but like Bam Martin or Scott Forsyth, you know, you're, you're going to attribute their names to their teams, right? You'd say, oh, Scott Forsyth from Brotherhood, Bam Martin from GRV. <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, so-and-so from Jabberwockies, you know? Uh, and I wanted that to be something for us. So if I go somewhere and I teach, I'd be like, oh, this is Shaq from Ikigai Collective. People are like, oh yeah, that's what we said. You know? And then that way, as we build our name, if dancers on our team want to also pursue dance later on, they're like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to start traveling. I'm going to start doing this X, Y, and Z. If our platform is big enough, they could be like, yeah, I also dance on this team. And it might help them garner some opportunity for themselves. You know, that's hopeful. That's what the goal is anyways. How many people are, are on your team right now? Currently, we are at 19 people. And that is a huge jump from the eights that we had for yeah. our audition. <laughs> it was, um, the team technically is a rebrand. You know, we used to be called Wolves, you know, and then we decided... Like when I decided that I wanted to kind of rebrand, we, we um, changed the name in June, put out a video and then gradually people have come, you know what I mean? And now we're just kind of like, it, a, it feels like a completely different team. You know what I mean? Our first practice with 19 people, Mikey and I were just like, <laughs> I remember starting the warm up. Mm -hmm. uh, like I had like stopped after like two seconds. I was like, I can't believe this is my team. Like, <laughs> You're gonna be following me now. Yeah, <laughs> you guys sure you want to be here? Right. <laughs> so okay, so talk about like where people can find you. So you're on social media for sure, but you're also hosting classes. Are they regular classes or just drop-in classes? Um, the way they do it now, actually, um, I'm a regular teacher at Muse uh, Studio, Muse Dance Studio. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't have a weekly slot though. It's not like I'm like Mondays at 7.30. It's like, we kind of go first come first serve for the, for the slots. So you just have to, honestly, you're going to have to follow me if you want to catch me. You know? <laughs> so I usually post whenever classes are. They post the weekly schedule. So um, whoever gets those slots, you know, that's who you'll see. Um, okay. Perfect. That's for the most part what's going on. Right now though, we're doing these things called sessions. The sessions are basically it's a program uh, i think it's seven weeks at the end of the week seven weeks you get to perform it's going to be a uh like a online program like an online uh, sorry performance so you're going to be live live streamed or whatever mm -hmm. but uh it's super in-depth um it's only 10 limited to 10 students per teacher so i'm at nine students if somebody else wants to hop in you know what i mean i got room for you you know 
<laughs> Let me do it. Rock go my Dougie. No, I'm just kidding. Come in, Dougie. We'll come in there. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Uh, so what's the what's the future looking like for you in terms of dance and um, hopefully working on chaos as well, right in the future. So what's what's your plans and uh, plans? Okay, so I'm the type of person where I don't want to like I don't like to say things yeah. ahead of time in case it doesn't happen. I don't want to be that guy. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to be like that. Yeah, or you know, I'm about to be on award shows and then you, nothing happens. You know what I mean? Uh, so. <laughs> I do have things planned for after this, like once it's safe to travel again or they let us travel, I'm out of here. I'll tell you that right now. Like I do know exactly where I'm headed as soon as it's done. And I've kind of spoken to organizers about it already. So like, I know that, you know, like, okay, at least I have this to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, as for where people can find me, I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I don't want to say I'm on TikTok. I don't, you know, I don't really post on TikTok. I just kind of watch the funny stuff and send it to friends. <laughs> you're up there you're up there <laughs> but, I, but I thanks dog <laughs> we got you we got you but I'm, uh, I am on Twitter uh, on Twitter uh, everything is the same it's all Shaq Daddy with two A's and Shaq um, I like to think I'm funny on Twitter um, and then yeah that's that's about it oh I also have a YouTube channel it's Shaquille Lawrence the same as my Facebook so you know if you want to hit the subscribe button, it's whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, get up the bread. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Be like Drake. We'll, uh, we'll, see. We'll, we'll see what happens next, right? <laughs> All right. That's right. Well, on that note, I think this is a great way to end off the podcast. Uh, thank you, Shaq, for coming on and sharing your experiences and stories with us. Um, if you haven't already, make sure to check them out. And uh, yeah, until next time, thank you so much. And uh, peace. Peace.